Oh, hi, it's me, Rich Herring. I was just wearing shades because, you know, I've got to keep incognito from the paparazzis. Uh, you're about to listen or watch or both to Rich Herring's Letter Square Theatre podcast. I can keep doing these for free if you keep coming to see me live. I'm currently on tour uh, doing my show Lord of the Dance Seti. That's right, Seti, not said he. It's very funny. Uh, that's, that's the only joke in the whole show. Uh, go to richardherring.com slash gigs or richardherring.com slash L-O-T-D-S slash tour and you can see if I'm coming somewhere near you. There's quite a lot of gigs coming up uh, through the spring uh, all over the United Kingdom and I shortly will have a small baby to feed. So please come and see it. Please. Uh, at least I'll get away from the baby, hey, when I'm on tour. Nice. Okay, sit back and enjoy <laughs> Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. Please welcome a man who this week was recorded an episode of Pointless and did better than he did the first time he was on Pointless. <laughs> it would have been hard for him to do worse. It's Richard Herring! <laughs> Welcome, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. Uh, this is uh, Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast, or as some of the cool kids have begun to call it, Raha Leicester Pa. Yeah, it's confusing now, isn't it? That, me saying it slightly different. That's what the cool kids are doing, Andy. Raha Leicester Pa. That's what they. That's that. It's just that's moved on. Now the kids who say Raha Leicester Pa look uncool. That's what. That's just. That's the way trends go. But you know, the actual podcast is still as cool as it ever was. Uh, and um, uh, various things have been going on this week. I, um, I was on Pointless, I can't talk too much about it, but I did uh, do better than last time when I got 200 points for me and my team. Uh, on the first round, I did better than that, uh, onwards and upwards. Uh, and uh, I saw Stephen Merchant uh, this week for the first time. He seemed all right, he seemed fine. He was very, he was very uh, friendly, he hasn't yet heard the Josh Widdicom podcast yet. So that's, we'll see. <laughs> See what happens after that. Uh, and, um, yeah, there's very excitingly, there's a YouGov, I don't know if you've seen this, there's a YouGov website now which uh, lists, tells you about the kind of fans uh, that, that you have. You can put in the name of someone who's got fans. Uh, I apparently have to, I'll have to sit down for this bit uh, since I'm reading off my computer. Uh, and I'll tell you what you were like. It surprised me, but this YouGov poll tells me what you people at home are like. I'll tell you what, I'll put it there and then I can film it for the people. Nice, this cover, isn't it? Yeah. It's got a lot of money, that. It's, uh, it's very nice. Uh, I should get them sponsored. I can't really see it there. So what you are like, you are like a bloke with quite cool hair and a bag over your shoulder. That's what you are like. This is a sample size of 289 Richard Herring fans. Your favourite dish, shout out if this is true of you, because if you are one of my fans, uh, your favourite dish is hummus. Which, uh, I mean, I can't imagine. I mean, I like hummus as a little treat every now and again. Do you like hummus? I don't know. Do you hate hummus? Because that is your number one favourite food. You are also like 25 to 39, so I don't know if you know that. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's an all right to have at a party or something, but it's not. And I like it. It's just hummus. It's not hummus with carrot batons or pizza bread. Just like I've got an image of people sitting at home in their pants watching this. Just with a bowl of hummus licking off their own hands. Oh, I love hummus. Uh, what you like doing, uh, you like playing an instrument. Do you like playing an instrument, Andy? Yeah, yeah see, that's true. Uh, you like, these, are your, these are your hobbies, playing an instrument, writing, and musical instruments. You have limited, 
those are your top three. Like that implies the third one that you like playing an instrument, then also you just like collecting musical instruments. Your favourite sport is cycling and baseball. I mean, this is just bullshit, right? This, does anyone like baseball in this room? That is not, that, that is not most people in the room. Uh, you uh, like video games, that is correct. Your most likely pet is a bird. Uh, and what annoys me is uh, there's got your favourite entertainment. We might go through this a bit more because I've got them both. Uh, it might be the new Dirty Britcom Confessions. Uh, your favourite TV show is Stuart Lee's Comedy Vehicle, which is, uh, is just taking the fucking piss. Even online, I'm not your... This isn't your favourite. You're my fan. This isn't... I'm with your, the top Twitter person you've got, at least, but you're, I'm not... Your top Facebook page is Stuart Lee, Brass Eye and Flight of the Concord. <laughs> Fuck you, I hate my fans. So you're all... You're all idiots. We will find out more about... Uh, what the fans... I can't fancy the fans of Sue Perkins. They are... Look at that. I'll just show that to the people. Look at that girl. That's the fan, it's the fan of... There's like a cartoon of what our fans look like. And my fans are from the Midlands, apparently, mainly. Where were you in fucking Loughborough? That's why... <laughs> Well, I want to know. Anyway, let's, we'll crack straight on. Because uh, Sue Perkins is a very uh, busy woman and uh, she doesn't want to stay here for very long. <laughs> she is probably best known, I won't give away who it is, uh, she's probably best known as uh, the voice from Don't Scare the Hair. That is probably her best. She was also, of course, in Live from the... <laughs> she was also in Live from the Lighthouse. And uh, never mind the full stops. I'm trying to get everyone from never mind the full stops onto this show. Please welcome Sue Perkins, ladies and gentlemen. Sue Perkins. Sit down. Have a microphone. There you are. Massive shit. I always think it's your most favourite, famous thing. So I've got to mention that. Oh, Uh, What was Live from the Lighthouse? Because that had, like, Peter Bainham wrote for Armando Yanucci was in it. I don't remember Live from the Lighthouse. Shall I tell you something that's going to just make you feel really bad now? Yeah. Live from the Lighthouse was an AIDS charity fundraiser. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, that's good. And it was well, it was good, but also a real eye This was so. This was, uh, I guess, I'm trying to think way back to maybe '95 or '96. Yeah. And um, they had loads of incredible people manning phones, like Stephen Fry and Davy Ginola, who was the big whoop of the time, and Simon Le Bon when he was tiny and elfin, and. Um, they raised about three pounds all night. It was all like telethon, and mainly it was people ringing up going, I hope you die. It was really awful because like, the whole AIDS message hadn't really got out, and even if it yeah. hadn't got out, why would you ring someone and say, I hope you die? But it was a fairly miserable night. It was a sort of pre-Twitter yeah, a pre- att- yeah. attempt. To Hate mob troll. of sort of homophobic nasties. Yeah. And then we went home and cried a bit, and there is no gag at the end of this. <laughs> it actually took some money away from uh, yeah. AIDS research. I'm going to work on this anecdote quite heavily <laughs> okay. at home now. Did Don't Scare the Hair have any impact on it AIDS was, research? Um, it was Positive or negative? It felt like a charity gig, <laughs> but um, uh, that was literally the worst programme of all time. Yeah. So, uh, did anyone see it? It consisted of, it was yeah. sort of a sinister time of day they called Shoulder Peak, which is sort of half six, half seven. Four children and some adults, and it was basically Jason Bradbury off of the, the Gadget Show chasing a poorly functioning animatronic rabbit slash hare. 
and I was the voice of it, yeah. and it, it, it really was awful, wasn't but it? But I'd forgotten you were on it, so that's, it was only looking through IMDb uh, that I remember, you saw you were on it. You can't trust so, IMDb. Uh, as a voice, you're, already, you're saved, whereas Jason Bradbury never... Is that, was, it, was that his name? He never worked yeah. again. <laughs> so he, wore, he had a little hat on, didn't he? He thought, he was really, he thought yeah. this is it, this is my big break, primetime BBC. He, had bra- he wore braces, which I don't yeah. think is acceptable on no. television. <laughs> I don't, no, no, I don't. And did you enjoy being on Nevermind the Full Stops <laughs> with the bloke from Downton Abbey? On it. Right. Never mind. Did it? No, they literally just. No one has ever seen any of these shows. They have. It's, it's, it's a voyage of great mystery. Right. Never mind. The full stops was an extremely popular show about <laughs> punctuation <laughs> on BBC Four. And I had to say I was troughing career-wise would be. I mean, really bad. So I lost my flat and I was very heavily in debt. And it was. Um, they said, Sue, you may be unemployed and barrel scraping but we are aware you have a master's degree in English literature and you might want to do this and I got sat next to Julian Fellows who the multi-millionaire uh, landed gentry guy who writes Downton and uh, he called me Sue Pollard for an hour <laughs> really was taking a bad situation and making it worse were you on every episode of that? No, I was no, on just, one. Just one yeah, yeah, no. You just weren't like his assistant. I just I was, you were sitting next I to I did really well. I worked yeah. out where the semicolon should go in a particularly <laughs> tricky round. Uh, I was on it as well. It was my career highlight. <laughs> so uh, that's... I thought, <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm back. <laughs> what, what kind of panel show? <laughs> <laughs> Asks guests to work out dependent clauses. <laughs> Very specific panel show. That's what it was. But you have done... Oh no, you haven't done anything good as well. No, no you have done. You have done. Yeah, it is just a lake of cess. You've done. I kind of thought. I thought there was a little period where you weren't really, uh, where you had a little uh, hiatus. But you've been working. Pretty, you've done a lot of stuff oh, recently. Look, the but hiatus. Even throughout, th- even throughout that early, that mm, difficult no. early twenty-first century period that seems to be stretching into the mid-twenty-first century for me. Yeah. Uh, that is. You, you, you were even, you've been working the whole time. Well, on radio work. I didn't work from... Oh, God, I can't believe you've left out Casting Couch. I mean, if you want a <laughs> real turd of a show, that is it. Um, so uh, we decide... I have a long tradition of, of either not... Saying no to shows that go on to be extremely successful <laughs> um, or saying a big fat yes to shows that tank without trace. And... Um, we decided that because Light Lunch was successful, we had to stop doing it. And instead, what we should be doing <laughs> is a panel show about Hollywood with Tamara Beckwith and Chris Moyles. And um, the pilot episode, the audience was silent, and Chris Moyles, as an icebreaker, um, dry-bummed me. Um, in front of 400 people. Right. Two of which were my parents, and um, it was only one series that went on. Okay, for. Yeah. that's the kind of anecdote that might be uh, useful for a court case in about fifteen years' time. <laughs> we have already had one with Richard Herring's Edinburgh Fringe podcast. If you've listened carefully, uh, you will uh, you'll find that we've already helped the police <laughs> convict one criminal. Uh, so uh, maybe there will be more to come. Uh, so. Um, I was going to have some. Oh, and you did, you worked with Charlie Borman on uh, the world's worst road. The world's yeah, worst road. I did. did you think it was me <laughs> when you were doing? I was. 
I was hoping it was you. <laughs> you have got the sort of wild mountain man vibe yeah. going on now, haven't you? Well, I, often, I, get, I get confused for him for uh, quite a lot. Do like, you? People have said Shall to I tell well you done. how I know you're not Charlie Borman? How? Because every 30 seconds you don't say, my father, John Borman. <laughs> He was in, uh, what's, it, what's it called, the, the Emerald Forest, was that what it yes. was called? Yeah, he's actually a really nice yeah, he man, like he is a really nice guy, nice. but he, he does say that quite a lot, <laughs> including really remote places. We went to a place called, uh, I think it was called uh, Wildman or something, and it was population 14, and it was just as you hit the Arctic Circle uh, off the Dalton Highway in Alaska, and he did that in front of a German couple, um, and it just didn't, just no sphere of reference really, no... <laughs> couldn't get purchase on what he was trying to say. Difficult night. <coughs> um, so, yeah, he's yeah. nice, though. He's, but you do, there's a rugged quality that you... Well, I don't... I think he's hideously ugly. I, uh, no, he's not I was, hideously ugly. He is, so I don't like being compared to... Other people say I look like Brad Pitt, so that I can... It's quite a... <laughs> the odd hiccup of ridicule. <laughs> but uh, I was... I was. I nearly did that dangerous race, but I was worried about my driving uh, skills... Why which aren't you, very good. Why didn't you do it? Uh, I was doing that. I was doing, I had, it was the week that I was doing the first series of this thing and uh, Charlie, um, what's his name from there? Charlie Brooker was, uh, <laughs> yeah. Whatever happened to him? Whatever, <laughs> he's just been off the radar. He's working with John Hamm now, not me. Uh, so, uh, yeah, he was doing it. I thought I'd rather talk to Charlie Brooker than go uh, to Peru with Phil Jupiter's. Yeah, I can... I can, well, I like And both. I was worried about driving. I'm not, I yeah, drive an automatic car. I have a draw an automatic. What? And I, You're not qualified to drive a manual car. I am qualified, but I've driven automatic for 15 years, so I don't think I could drive a manual car. Certainly not over some planks, over a gorge, or whatever you have to do. I, I think that already you, you, you're not suitable for the world's most dangerous roads. No, the I'm fact not. that you're going, I, I can't find second gear, <laughs> might, be, might be problematic for the format of the but show. That was my, my major worry. Mind you, I'm really bad at driving. <laughs> Well, I have no vision, really, in my left eye. So, <laughs> I don't know if they still do... I mean, I've cheated it a bit. I don't know if they still do this, but you know you have to read the licence plate? Yeah. I was used to just shut one eye like a pirate, and I have perfect, like, sparrow-hawk vision in my right eye. Anything's coming around there, no idea. No idea. <laughs> so there's a lot of veering off roads and collapsing into things. And <clears throat> yeah. Did, how safe did they keep you? Was there, like, people with the guardrails up and stuff oh, like God, that? Oh, God, no. They... They, because the show was called The World's Most Dangerous Show, Roads, they were desperate for one of us to lose a limb or something. I mean, absolutely. They would push us into blizzards and, you know, storms and off ravines and yeah. try... I would meet weird hunters who had loaded rifles that were uncocked. I mean, all that sort of stuff, because they, yeah. they just wanted fatalities, I think, if I'm honest, <laughs> to really bump the ratings up. Yeah, jolly it wasn't, but eye-opening it was, certainly. Yeah, well, it's, it's sort of... Um, I mean, because there was that element of you going around, oh, well, let's make some noodles on a boat and give that kind yeah. of fun, and then the next minute you're in the killing fields of Cambodia and, yeah. you know, talking to a survivor of Pol Pot, and it's, uh, it's very moving, and, and, and also you don't really... It's a, it's a thing that I think a lot of people don't know very much about that, and it's a very modern... Yeah, uh, you know, 40 years crime. ago. Yeah, yeah. And we, we sort of condoned it as a, a you know, a, the, the international community. So, yeah, 40 years ago, one third of the entire population of Cambodia was, you know, massacred. Yeah. Um, they didn't use bullets because they were too expensive and they were just disposed of in these huge graves which have now become these sort of memorial sites. And I was 
you know, I have this default thing of, you know, try and keep everything jolly and try and make everything nice. And then you hit something like that. And it was really interesting. I totally unraveled. Because it was just me then going, this is the, the unconscionable horror. And um, a bit of crying and then noodles. And then you sort of... I mean, in a way, I'm making it sound like the one show. You know, you just you sort of go through all those incredible gears of, oh, venereal disease. Oh, look, here's somebody from Loose Women. And, oh, yeah. um, well, I've got to go up the river and find out how to make some rice now. So bye. That's, that's, that's what, that's what you have to it was, I didn't, It's a long river. Sorry. It was a very long river. But yeah, those sort of gear changes that you that you sort of make you wince in a, in a, in a magazine programme, I sort of did on the river, I suppose, yeah. But you know that's. A, but I think you've sort of nowadays got to sneak that sort of stuff into TV. I think that's that's mm. not that's TV's problem. I think rather than like in the old days, you would be able to have like an hour documentary about that. Yeah. But now they you know, they wouldn't put it. They wouldn't do that. So they, they, they you know by by stealthily getting those things into a, yeah, a program true. that's partly light entertainment, partly uh, educational. Yeah, it's very. It's on iPlayer if you want to check it out. It's, <laughs> Uh, and I'd forgotten you're on Big Brother as well, so that was that was yeah. And I would have liked to have forgotten that as well. But <laughs> unfortunately, that's just been yeah. It was a second comic relief one, and it yeah. was I was not in a good space. And nobody who does those sorts of shows in a good, is in a good space. And then I look back and I think I could be really hard on myself, or I could just say that shelter, who was my charity that year, got six hundred and sixty thousand quid, and. That's all right, you know. Yeah. I I look like a proper twat, but I'll take <laughs> I'll take one for the team. Do you know what I mean? If it if it for the greater good and all that, yeah. But it's sort of very hard to reconcile that part of my life. Yeah. But you know, uh, if you're lucky, you get a career, and if you're not so lucky, and you and I have have had the vicissitudes of that, you know, you, you have a sort of patchwork of some half decent things and some shoddy things and some moments on the bus where you think, God, I wish I hadn't done that. But then, the mo- you know, little pinpricks of things that are wonderful. Uh, but also, it's worked out. It has worked. Because I would, you know, I've, I've been sort of vaguely offered, not that one, but I've been offered different things like that that I would just go no to. But then Is there one that you'd say yes to? Um, well, at the moment, because I haven't got much money, probably all of them. But I, I, I do know I've done, I've done. I've done. I wouldn't. I've been offered to do the jungle, like as a. Is a, it masses of money? Uh, well, it was an early request. I think it is a lot. Of, you know, yeah. it is a lot of money. But I don't think there's any amount of money that would. No. I don't really want to do anything where they film me asleep. <laughs> I filmed I you asleep. I, <laughs> <loads>. <laughs> I just snore and I slobber, you know. And I, I know I would just be if you're there filming you all the time. I'd be picking every. It depends. Well, that could be sexy bear. You could rebrand the dribbly snoring. <laughs> you know, people go, "God, is that Charlie Borman?" <laughs> <laughs> if I just pretend I'm Charlie Borman and could take the money, but it, you know, it, it's led on. So you, you know, and I think maybe I thought Maestro was the thing that had kind of yeah. broken. But you were doing the thing with Giles Corran before that. Was that right, or was that all around? The same time sort of the same time yeah, yeah. Uh, because the, you know that but then so you, one comes along and then people that was like uh, a thing that people really took you to their hearts and that was a great show as well yeah, compared to Big Brother as a, as yeah, a show a different that's, kind that's of the show. point of comparison yeah, yeah most yeah. things will do, will do well it sort well. of shows a skill and it shows your personality in a, in a different way I suppose it, the maestro yeah, 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 yeah. I, I think um, I just I yeah, it, it was just having something to do that was properly worthwhile. Yeah. You know, when when you know this, we did because we love it, but it's also our our, our jobs. And, and and actually, I wanted to work, and I start, I really started focusing in and studying, and really got into it, and just loved. I love music, and I uh, it just sort of worked for me that 
programme. And you have grade eight piano, I understand. I had, well, a long time ago, about 100 yeah. years ago. Well, it still yeah. gave you an advantage over... <laughs> was everyone quite musical in Maestro? Well, there? it was quite clever, because there was eight of us, and four of us were amateurs who had gone through, done lots of grades and things, been a bit spotty, and then there were four musicians, right. uh, professional musicians, and none of the professional musicians had gone and done all that plodding stuff. They just, you know, like people, brilliant people like Goldie, just... Goldie just wakes up and just pukes ideas, you know, and he one day says, oh, I want to be a writer or I want to be a painter, and he just goes and writes and paints. And um, So, yeah, it was a sort of battle of, uh, of, of kind of learning or instinct, I suppose, yeah. in the end. It was interesting. Yeah. But when I saw you in uh, Edinburgh this year, uh, you said that you'd nearly, you'd tried to turn down the, the Bake Off. You, 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 oh, you yeah, just carrying on the tradition of just saying no to things <laughs> that might be good. I mean, just absolutely flat no, three yeah. times. Just said, that sounds awful. Um, and they kept saying, I think you should, I think you should. And what swung it was they said, you could do it with Mel. And I thought, that would just be lovely. That would be a lovely thing. You know, the double act thing. It's yeah. so weird, you know. They're like family. You love them, you hate them. They're, <laughs> and then they're closer than family, but it, you, they're not lovers. It's just weird. You can't... It's undefinable, you know, intensity. And I just thought I'd like to be around her. I'm always around her as a friend, but I'd like to be around her in a work sense. And it, yeah. yeah, it went from, from there, really. They made us do it. <laughs> and they were right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a, you know, phenomenally popular again. As I was saying backstage, my... My wife really enjoys it, but then I, I think I've and Dave Gorman has said the same thing about this that his wife watches it, and then he, you know, goes, "Oh, are you watching this?" and then just gets really into it because he's watching, and then he's more into it than she is, which I think has happened with my wife as well because I kind of get into the personalities of it, yeah, and you know the the cakes. The cakes are good. I am now sort of fifty percent carbon, fifty percent lemon drizzle. All I do is eat and eat and eat. But they're really good folk. They are. They're just yeah. normal, proper folk. Yeah. I suppose. Um, we haven't got to that point, I hope we never do, of caricaturising them, like uh, uh, making them into caricatures, I mean, like like you would on Big Brother or I'm a Celebrity. It's not the, the gay one or the slightly mentally ill one or the, you know, whatever it is, <laughs> you know. You, you, you just have real, authentic people who just want to make a nice croc en bouche and <laughs> I love them for it, you know. And you're quite protective of them as well. I've yeah. had, I can't remember whether this is my wife saying this, but well, like if, if something embarrassing is happening or they're crying, that you and uh, yeah. will, will often kind of swear and stuff so that they, they, yeah, I started, they can't um, use it. R- Ruby last, last year? Yeah, I think last year. Who's a really wonderful, lovely human being. And um, she didn't cope well with it. It's very stressful. You know, you you sort of... I don't know how many people have seen it, but what looks like a very sort of measured, laid-back thing is actually lots of cameras in people's faces and what you're doing and what you're making and how do you make that and what's creme pat. And and she didn't respond well early doors to that. It was just too much. And uh, I just thought, I don't want... She's so nice. I don't want her to always be portrayed as crying. So I would often either hang my blazer on the camera or I just... (laughs) make horrible, horrible comments about Unilever or Procter & Gamble or, you know, uh, Budweiser or whatever it was. Just massive brands and just puking out venom that I knew the BBC couldn't, you know. Or just saying, if I was to prefer one type of kitchen mixer, I'd absolutely go for it and then they'd shut it down. Um, BBC Trust was going to sort of, you know, panic stations. Because I, I think that... Sometimes it's appropriate when people are stressed to show them crying, and other times it just isn't. Yeah, yeah. And you need to... 
they need to trust you and that's what we're the two of us are there for that we're like the pastoral care with terrible jokes attached do you ever worry you'll run out of puns about cakes nearly this series <laughs> I was just literally knocking my head against a wall and then came the delight of the Croatian loaf and that, just, <laughs> that was just the gift that kept on giving really and just you know um, so they've had they've brought in a lot more spiced <laughs> spiced Eastern European uh, fanciful things so, so the, the well has been replenished but yeah. on the Victoria sponge week we're dead <laughs> literally just get on with it what a, you've got ten minutes left what are you looking at <laughs> crack on alright I'm going to ask you some of the emergency questions that people will be what does that mean have we got to emergency questions am I, am I such a dullard they, you're not you've it's very interesting panic in stations. fact we've got a long way through without getting I just if we don't ask them they are there to save people for when it's boring but you haven't been boring uh, but people will be annoyed if they don't come up Will you be not right? Yeah, okay. So. Are these the same? Are these the same every week? Some effects? of them are. Some of them are. Sometimes I mix up. I love the way the answer is one, like the Borg. Yes. <laughs> sort of. They are the same. <laughs> yeah. um, if you had to choose between dating, dating. Yeah. Well, hold on. A yeah. man. Yeah. And this, you know, this, this is your advance. choice. Yeah. Uh, a man who was a six-foot-tall penis with a face. Yeah, let's stop that right there. <laughs> yeah. The other one might be better. Right, or okay. a man who, instead of a penis, had a tiny man. Oh. Which of the two would you rather? Right, can the tiny man talk? Yeah, he can talk. Creeps me out. No. Got a very different personality to the man. I think he's almost the opposite personality would to the, the penis, man. Okay, would the penis man argue? Yeah. With it? Would it be an argumentative, fractious relationship? I think it would be. That is my feeling after having asked this question for a while. I think you'd be annoyed. I think, think of it from his point of view. He is... A tiny man. Well, he's piece. a tiny man, and he's in in that guy's pants all the time. Does that guy? I mean, if the guy wears a kilt and is and, and loose fitting boxer shorts. I maybe that'd be I think I'd okay. want to be penetrated by something that had an opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean I don't mean that like it sounds, because I love you, men, very, very much, more than you know, more than the uh, more than the rather monolithic statement of my sexuality would imply. But what I mean by that. Yeah. So that it's not taken out of context when it's you a genital snip it. He's just a genital that's just bitching about you <laughs> as it yeah. enters the sacred arena. Yeah. So I'm going to say... <laughs> I'm sort of thinking, is there a right and a wrong? Um, I'm thinking I'd probably rather go out with a massive penis. Yeah. With a f- so it's got the face of a man. It's got a face on its... Top bit there, like that. I think that would be all right. And, but then, you know, it doesn't have a penis. It doesn't have any, so it's smooth no. down there. Smooth down there, but it has like a hole in the top. You, you, are, you are talking to somebody, as you know, for whom a penis isn't necessarily a rec- prerequisite for a date. I do, but I, I ask everyone that question. I think, I mean, it, it's an interesting dilemma, yeah. but I, I think, uh, although it would be fun <laughs> to have the man penis for a night, yeah. I'm going to go for the smooth. Mega cock. Yeah. It would be a talking point. It would probably get uh, in the in the gossip. Yeah. Uh, I, the I, I imagine be that. Confusing. Yeah. Jan Moyer would be, would be confused. I think the, I think the Daily Mail would implode at the sight of me and a six foot smooth penis. <laughs> Whose face is it? Can I choose? <laughs> yes, you can choose someone's Jeremy face. Jeremy Clarkson's face. Okay. <laughs> 
And I would like to wander arm in arm with Jeremy Clarkson penis. And Do you want Daily Jeremy Clarkson's face to be surgically removed from it, like in face off from his own face, and replaced with the bit of skin from the penis? It is. It's sort of tempting to say yes, but I think that would that's almost incitement to violence. So yeah. I'm going to leave. What I'm going to do is I'm going to get the guys at the lab. You know the lab we've got. Yeah. I'm going to get the guys there to just make a. They can Fake do a, face. They can do like a death mask while he's still alive, yeah. and then just use that as a maybe animate template. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, they can do amazing things these days <laughs> with Jeremy Clarkson's face. Well, that's any, a good answer. Any geneticists out there? Maybe play with that idea. Come back to me and see see what gives. Okay. Would you rather have a tit that dispenses talcum powder? Have a what? A tit that dispenses talcum powder, mm. which is as if that's an odd thing for someone to say. <laughs> Or a finger that could travel through time. Oh, for that question, uh, a finger that could travel through time. I mean, the, okay. the, the uh, talcum powder is a thing of that we need to get away from talcum powder being yeah. a real thing. When we were kids, it was a massive thing because for some reason our buttocks could at any point become raw. Yeah. Any point. It was like a big 80s, 70s thing. Any point. I must cover everything in town. I, I just can't see the value in a tit now that dispenses basically ground chalk. I can't no. see it. I have to have a finger. What? Right. Does it fly off my hand? No, it stays on your hand. But so that would go into. So there's the time portal there. Right. And then that is. <laughs> Richard is now then. doing the playground <laughs> sign for oh, vaginal penetration. How could anyone see it like that? This is. You have to be, have a very dirty mind to see this as anything other than that's a time portal. <laughs> there's the finger. And now look, your hand is in present day, but your finger. But it's waggling around anywhere in time. It could be. But your finger can't through. report back what different times are like. Because there's no brain in the you finger. Would, like there would be a little thing. Boo, 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 boo. I will go to 1605, the gunpowder plot. <laughs> and then you could look through. Hey, guy, books, you prick. Yeah, but only a finger can go through. Your finger can't report back. Your finger, it's just, you're, all your finger's feeling is it's just gone through a hole. But it could change time. Could do, the, you the could do things. Got, the finger isn't sentient. The finger can't go. Yeah, but you can not going to believe what's happening in 1690. Look at that gap there. You could look in. Oh, now, okay. How big is the time portal? It's that big. It's exactly. Oh, I do that, yeah. yeah. So I can have a sneak peek. Yeah. Okay. But if, if it's that big, why wouldn't you want to put your tongue in there or something? <laughs> Don't you want to put your tongue in the 16th century? I knew we century? should never have had a lesbian on this show. That is it's all they it's, think about. It's my answer to everything. It's my stop response. Can you put a tongue in that? <laughs> and why not? Let's get back to Why the, not? Let's get back to the You're the one that's question. made me go out with a six-foot penis with Jeremy Clarkson's <laughs> face on it, you pervert. Oh, let's have a look at... Do you, do you want to know what your fans are like uh, in... Uh, According to YouGov, I don't know what the government's doing. I don't think it's YouGov. That's what your fans look like. I mean, I think they look quite nice. I think they look really they nice. nice. They are 25. I think that is my fan. I think that's what you're saying. They that's are like my, my fans. They're aged 25 to 39. They are ABC One, like my fans, which is good. That is, you know, that's good for advertising. Oh, my fans are, by the way, well done to you. You are. There's a left, right, left wing, right wing politics thing, and you are the most left wing <laughs> you can possibly get. You are more left. Stuart Lee is like a little nudge away from being as left. So you are very left wing, uh, though even though you have 500 to 999 pounds a month spare money, 
It's kind of interesting. Champagne your, socialists. Your, fan, your fans have £125, less, less than £125 spare. Hang on, and where, where do mine stand politically? Uh, they are quite left-wing. They're like, if it was a myelometer... Yeah, um, what are they at? You are sort of, you're approaching the empty... If it was... A myelometer and left empty. If, oh, that's <laughs> Thank a, God you didn't do dangerous yeah. <laughs> Fuel it's tank. Not, it's near to naught. You're like, you're one notch over. If it was a fuel tank, you'd be getting down into the red area. Right. If it's mine to fuel tank, you'll be basically, we're walking. <laughs> right. Uh, your typical professions, healthcare and medicine... Civil yeah. society and charity and education. They're yeah. nice people, your Yeah, friend. they are nice people. Um, do you want to find out what TV shows they like? Yeah. Will you be disappointed if it's not? I haven't looked. They like Never Mind the Full Stops. They, <laughs> they like Stuart Lee's Comedy Vehicle. <laughs> that is their favourite. Of course. Uh, the Armstrong and Miller Show. Yeah. They, there's a double act they like more than yeah, you. Yeah, that's fair enough. Just a minute, which at least you're in. Yeah, I am in that. Uh, and their favourite celebrity is Miranda Richardson. She's lovely. What's not to love about Miranda? I know, it's kind of surprised, Miranda. I don't know where they gather this from, whether they've shown these people like fight. Because Miranda She's Richardson's like rare mind. fruit, though. She's sort of clever and slightly mysterious. I'm pleased with that. Well, she's the, she's the, rather than you. Your sample size is 521. Uh, your, your, My sample size? Your sample size. <laughs> don't ever tell a woman yeah. her sample size is 521. Your, uh, your uh, fans read the Radio Times and The Guardian. Yeah. Mine read Private Eye and The Guardian. They like QI and QIXL. They fucking love QI. <laughs> I love QI. And Pointless. My fans don't like Pointless. I'm sorry. I think it's, this, is, this is nicer than the other one. Yours aren't... This is, I'd also do the Dirty Britcom Confessions. Have you been to this website? No. Where, I, I, uh, I, I don't. Where people put in their fantasies about uh, comedians. Right. Uh, and, and yours are... are there, there aren't... They're all quite nice. They're, un- they're not unpleasant, but they're not all that funny either. Okay. Uh, so I, they're, they're kind of quite... I just what you cut- wanted? Some sort of horrendous sort of sex dungeon nightmare? I would like that, yeah. yeah. It makes it funnier for I, the... I, sh- yeah, I yeah. think there was one, I can't find it. Was it with Victoria Corrin that someone wanted Sue to be watching? Or they wanted Victoria Corrin to be watching someone? I can't find that one again. I think that well, they think wanted me they to wanted, be watching Victoria. They wanted Curran. to have sex with you while Victoria Corrin watched, or had sex with Victoria Corrin whilst you watched. Yeah, any Would day be up for week. that. Yeah. Uh, we can arrange that. Yours are like I just want to cuddle with Sue Perkins, preferably in the outfit outfit she wore on the bubble. You know what that was? Oh, that's a very specific reference. Or naked. I'm not fussy. Uh. Listen, you, there's no point naked. It, pre-bake yeah. off, yes. You know, literally, uh, you, you know, but n- now, no. This so these are all terrible. anonymous. Sue Ter- Perkins turns me on more than any other woman. It's right. not just cakes that have a soggy bottom when G- Great British Bake Off is on. <laughs> soggy bottom? Yeah, that sort of implies... They shat themselves. <laughs> I mean, that's not, that's not going to endear me to anybody. Oh, I love her so much, I've just done a diarrhoea wee out of my bum hole. It's like, oh. Sue Perkins reminds me of my biology teacher from when I was in school, both in looks and temperament. I'm seeing a pattern in the women who have made me question my sexuality and my need to be bent over a desk by them. Bent over uh, a they're desk? Question- <laughs> they're questioning that, I think. Right. I mean, it's complex, no. this, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I'm leaving here with more questions than answers. Yeah. <laughs> Sue Perkins with a bullet vibe in a library. I bullet a, what? I think that's a bullet vibrator, I'm guessing. I don't know much about vibrators, but I'm guessing it's some kind of vibrator. Andy? Yeah, okay. Small Andy vibrators. McH, Andy McH is the dildo expert. Are you? Yeah. 
<laughs> he is right. now. Uh, I'm not talking about Cluedo, she says. So she wants to. She wants to go in a library and you to you. I guess a small vibrator. I'm, I, yeah, I, I'm just busy. No? I'm sort of busy. I yeah. mean, it's. <laughs> Are these, do, are these suggestions or they do Well, I mean, I think if you were interested, you could maybe post them and go, yeah, I'd be up for that. I think that's a very slippery slope. Okay, well. <laughs> Don't you? This is just procurement, this show, isn't it? It's just they're all very nice, so they're all about how gorgeous you are. I'd kill yeah. for a threesome with Tig Notaro and Sue Perkins. Would you be prepared to have a threesome with someone who had murdered someone in order to get into that threesome? That would be kind of quite... She murdered somebody? Well, she said I'd kill for a threesome. Oh, with right, So, yeah. presumably she's murdered someone, you're then in the threesome, and I'd you're thinking... I'd find that difficult. I mean, emotionally yeah. awkward. Yeah. Yeah. It depends how soon, as well, if I knew... Well, I don't know. Well, it's sort of I'm like the, the prize, guess, you would you know, because that's the prize. Go, well, the prize... Well done, you've committed murder. Yeah. <laughs> Here's Tig, here we are. Yeah, here we, let's go. Oh, <laughs> isn't this awkward? Um, uh, yeah. I don't, I don't know that I would have three-way okay. with uh, somebody who'd recently committed a murder. Okay. But, you know, I don't rule anything out. Uh, your fans, shall I tell you what they like... Uh, <laughs> It's not as good. Always do. No, this is new. Do you know uh, what they they mainly shop in Paper Chase? Your fans. <laughs> so uh, stationary addicted. So uh, you know that means you could Who do. Who could mainly shop in Paper Chase? How do you live? <laughs> How do you live? When do you buy groceries? Well, like my fans, uh, your fans shop at Sainsbury's, which makes sense because they've only got less than 125 pounds. I can't understand why my fans, with their 500 to 999 pounds spare, aren't going to Waitrose. Get your groceries delivered, folks. Sitting back on all that money. Why don't you give some money to my fucking pound a month, you fucking tight cunts? So hang on, yours have got more money because no. maybe they haven't got kids or. I'm, they, that, I'm guessing that's they the are problem. Less responsible members. Of society. <laughs> look at them. They, they look good to me, but I can only see one, and he's a dildo expert. <laughs> good for you, sir. That's an incredible area yeah. of speciality. So that's they, they're they're nice. They're caring people. They. Uh, you know where they shop. They live in Paper Chase. <laughs> they entertain semi-violent fantasies of me and Victoria Corrin. They drive... That's a different website. Uh, they drive... <laughs> they drive a Hyundai. Oh, you lost me at Hyundai. Yeah. yeah. It's good to know... I don't even know much about a Hyundai. I don't think it would be a deal-breaker, the no. car, for me. Okay. For you? No, I'm not really interested in cars, as I say. I'm not I just... either. I'm, it doesn't bother me, really. I, just, okay. I don't think so. Your fans' clothing brands are Kath Kidson... The North Face. Well, at least you can see them coming. <laughs> the North Face, so they're just wearing kind of yeah. quite hot they're jackets. Hikers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Rockport, I don't even know what that is. No, I don't know what that is. Is it a, is another outdoor clothing manufacturer? Is it? Yeah. Is it? Anyone? Yeah, there's one of your fans over there. Yeah. Yeah. Get him with his cap kits and yep. pants on. <laughs> North Face and his. A sort of gay, gay Ranald Fines is the sort of profile <laughs> that they A very floral explorer. Your fans are quite sophisticated. They like Sharwoods, like spices. <laughs> they have Sharwoods. The less sophisticated have, version of Sharwoods. Sharwoods spice get like those little. Yeah, orientalize have, it. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, that's nice. Yeah, that's I've been watching the Mekong. Oh, I'm gonna get some Sharwoods in tonight. I'm gonna star and ease the shit out of this lasagna. <laughs> How are you so good at Did just... Did you just look at your watch, you shit? I was just checking. I know you need to go. I've known this you man. You need to go. I'm having so much fun. 20-something years. I'm having so much fun. I don't want to keep you longer than you are prepared to stay. <laughs> Said, I'll be in a room with these people for 55 minutes, Richard, and that is all I'm going to give you. 
then I am gone. <laughs> how are you so good at just a minute? How do you? How? What, how I just how talk. Do you do it? No, it's hard though. The first time I was on just a minute, you were on, and you buzzed within my the first five seconds of me yeah, speaking. That, that's tough love, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> You've got your it's own. Back so by mentioning all the dross that I made over the last twenty years. Um, Practice. First time I did it, I was terrible, really awful. It was in Dorking, and it was in uh, 2001, I think. Uh, oh, I was awful. It was really bad. And I spoke for five seconds and wanted to die, and I was wearing a very itchy jumper. <laughs> and I went home and cried, and it's got better since then. You're very, you're incredibly good at it. I think you might be the best person at it. No, Paul's the best person at it. I don't know. I think you're better than him. <gasps> it's, that's sacrilege. <laughs> Listen to the crowd. Hear a pin drop. No, he's marvellous, I think. Yeah. yeah, no, I don't know. It's it, it, it's just nice to do, because you just wear what you want, and you don't have to practice anything, and you just make it up. Then they give me now really hard things, like Dadaism and string theory. Yes. I don't even know what that is. What is I'm, I'm sure you all know what string theory is. I haven't a clue. Didn't stop me talking about it for 59 <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I haven't yet. I've, I've now managed about 35 seconds, I think, is my, my record on it. But you, you, what topic? You, uh, I did something about Icarus. I don't know if it was about Icarus or Greek mythology. I talked about Icarus for ages, although they let me have a... I started by saying something twice. Yeah. They let me start again. Because <laughs> they were so bad. I think, like, I just said something... I can't remember what it was. It was some word, you know, it was some phrase which has the same word just repeated twice. And Paul Merton buzzed in, then he went... Oh, no, it's all right. You can, you can have it. Yeah, it's usually <laughs> just like why, oh, why. Or the really bad one yeah. is BBC. When they buzz for the BBC, yeah, yeah. that is tough love. Yeah. That is really hard. And are there any more emergency questions? No, there are some more, but I'm going to save them up. Ah, tease. Uh, you were the judge of uh, the Booker Prize. Yeah. Is that as difficult as it sounds? so painful. <laughs> right, imagine 135 proper books, thick dense books with adverbs in coming into your house and dribs and drabs, 99% of which are awful. I mean, really, really awful. Like, there's always sort of themes every year, like some, some years it's very multicultural, some years it's, it, there's lots of terrible sex scenes in the books. This was the year for animal cruelty. So every book was like, and then the goat had its throat slit and the blood was like liquid red rubies. Every, I mean, really awful, terrible analogies. And uh, there was lots of that. And um, everyone was trying to be Monica Alley and failing uh, or everyone was trying to be Hilary Mantel and failing. And it was really bad. And then I, my eyesight got really terrible when I was doing it. It really did. I, I sort of had to have new glasses prescription every sort of two months or something. But do you read them all or do you I read did, the first yeah. page and then go, yeah. No, I did. I really did read all of them because I took it really seriously. I'm a real nerd and I took it really seriously. But they were terrible in the main. And the one that I wanted to win didn't win. Right. So a bit, I was a bit sad about that. Who would you have had win if you had chosen I'd, or you're not allowed I, to say? No, it was years ago. I wanted um, Kurt Seer to win, who's a South African writer. And he's really, really good. Okay. And it was a really great book called Summertime. But Hilary Mantel won. Whatever happened to her? <laughs> <laughs> they say that literature isn't funny. Listen to the room. Do, to they the, pay the temperature. You, do they pay you loads of money to do it? No, they pay a few grand. No, which is, you know, it's, it's a, it's a lot, lot of, of money, but it was a nine months work. And do you that get to became, keep all the books? Yeah, I've slowly been puking them to charity stores <laughs> since then. But they have big numbers. Some, a woman writes a big squeaky like black pen on the side, number one, two, three, up to one, three, four. And uh, yeah, if you look at any charity shop in London, you're bound to find at least one book with a big <laughs> That would be one of my book, uh, yeah, ones. 
but it was not a it was not a great year, two thousand and eight, for the book. I didn't think. No. Well, they had you as a judge. It must yeah, have been it was very, <laughs> very, <laughs> very low ebb. They were at. Can we get the girl off of? Uh, never mind the full stops in to do it. She's good at semicolons. <laughs> She's brilliant. <laughs> All right, I'll ask you an emergency question because I was rude. Do you ever uh, ask? Uh, the audience to ask questions. No, they, well, I do, but they just ask really rubbish stuff. If you want to, if you want to do that, you don't have to take. If you want to take, you know, the, you really you take the chance, I can I can throw yeah. it open to the audience. Well, I don't. I don't. Let's take the chance. I'll, you, I'll, they'll just demonstrate by asking something. To <laughs> can we have the lights up? And uh, would anyone in the audience like to ask Sue Perkins, "What's your favourite cake, Sue? Is it? Is it? I've got an idea of a cake you could do on great. Why don't you do a fruit cake? Get them to do a fruit cake on it." Have anyone got any questions? This is uh, a piece of, this is a piece Why is it? Why is Mal like in real life? She's awful. <laughs> anyone got a question for Sue? They're a bit. Oh, the lights. Are, that's the lights that's have that decided. Thing. Bang! No. All right, go on. Do your emergency. Andy McH has a question. Oh, is it about? Go on, dildos? Don't make make it a good one. <laughs> it's not really a question. It's not really a question. Oh. Such as a statement. Oh, bless you. It is a very Scottish word, is it not? Fud. Uh, when you describe the, the uh, lady area. Fud. See, that's what happens to you, but that isn't even... We throw it open to questions, and a man just says, I liked it when you said fud on TV. That is, not, that is why I ask the questions. I'll, you laugh at the funny things I say, and I'll do the questions. I, I sort of... Like I the think there is, a bigger, there is a bigger discussion to be had. For instance, when you, when you were in the middle of Rainforest, and the Cambodian woman, who speaks a tribal dialect that only 100 people in the world speak, and there are four translators that have to get it from her dialect through to Khmer to English. When she asks you what you call that, and you're trying to think of how many broadcastable <laughs> words you can say, there are millions of words. But my um, brother is married to a wonderful Scottish woman, and my nieces are Scottish, and I spent a lot of time in Scotland, and that was the word that came to mind. So <laughs> you could say anything, Mary, or you know, whatever, but that was the one. Anyone so got, there you go. Anyone got a question? See, <laughs> or just go, oh, I liked it when you... On the... Yes, yeah, so what's, what's your question? I'll repeat after you've said it. Do you get really stoned before an episode of Bake Off? See? Fucking shit question. Uh, Mary gets really stoned. <laughs> she just... Paul sometimes hits the magic mushrooms. Mel and I keep it real. A couple of cans of Stella straight on it. But, you know, Mary just blasts off into hyperspace pretty, pretty early doors on a recording day. Let's rescue this with a proper question. <laughs> Which celebrity would you like to stroke your hair as you die? We're back on. We're back on. A, we're back on. Which celebrity? That's great. Yeah, as question. you're dying, because they know you're dying. So, yeah. Uh, don't worry, you'll be all right. Who would you like to well, comfort you on or not? On, on a sort of slightly pervy level, part yeah. of me would like to be sort of somebody classy like Marion Cotillard or somebody gorgeous. But then part of me thinks maybe Robert Powell, because your dying moments could be, there is God, there's Jesus, <laughs> Jesus is here. Um, but what if then the real Jesus was a disappointment after Robert Powell? That'd be, having Robert Powell then the real Jesus, they're going, oh, hello. Some oh, buck-toothed guy with a... Yeah, who are you? Um, which celeb... Well, I mean, you know, as we know, the pool of celebrities who aren't creepy from our yeah. childhood is so... <laughs> It's so it's such a diminished thing now, yeah. isn't it? Uh, any of the names I would have said are just wrong now. Okay. Post YouTube. Are you planning to update uh, the Mel and Sue no. website? <laughs> Talking of which, 
which uh, ends on right. It's the last thing you mentioned right. is we're going to do right. Which we were, which we were sacked from. <laughs> uh, so I was sacked, actually. I was sacked from Rise and then Mel joined me oh, really? in protest, yeah. But I, I campaigned against them. But there was a problem with the working conditions of some of the runners and I had the audacity to speak up and then was just sacked. Um, but when yeah, I, no was on, I was on Rise and I was promoting Talking Cock, I think the book of Talking Cock, and they said I wasn't allowed to say cock. Right. What did you say in its well, place? Well, I, I think I, I got around it, but I would start each segment by going like cock a doodle doo or something like that. And then one of the runners who'd been one of the runners on the Lee and Herrick shows came up to me and said, If you say cock again, they're going to sack me. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I, so I was, I was blackmailed into, even <laughs> though I was just using the word cock in perfectly acceptable phrases. That was the kind of atmosphere they engendered there. At any point, anyone could just get fired. Yeah, yeah randomly. And then yeah. it was my turn. No, I like keeping the Mel and Sue website just at that point. Just, the, just at the point where we just went off the cliff yeah. and didn't work again for seven years. And I, I, I'm going to leave it like that. Because there's a joke in there, in the biographies, which I think you've written for each other, where yes. they're quite jokey biographies, but there's a joke about uh, Mel... Uh, falling into the lap of Jimmy Savile or something. If you if you look on there, so it's quite it was quite uh, to, yeah, of, it, of its time. It was of its yeah. time. Yeah, <laughs> all good banter of its time. Might go and update that bit. Yeah, yeah. Might be might yeah. be worth Although, having a look yeah. at that. It was interesting. To go. I haven't asked you this. This is a new section called Des Island Dicks. Right. It's not what you, it's not what you think it's going to be. Okay, I'm open. I'm open to everything. It's a classy segment. Yeah. If you were being stranded on a desert island, which eight Richards would you take? You could take any Richard you wanted. Which would be your eight Richards? Oh, I right. am already on there. I'm like Shakespeare in the Bible. All right. I'm on the island. I'm on all the islands. All right. Well, you've got to have Attenborough, have you not? Okay. Everyone Amber's has Attenborough. Good. Yeah. Um, I would say Richard Chamberlain. Just. <laughs> Just to look at what that face is doing. Yeah. That waxy edifice and how, if and how it's crumbled. Just there. And I probably talked to him a lot about Thornbirds, which is a fairly seminal work for people of my age yeah. when learning about sex in a mainly Catholic household. Um, I would... What other Richards? This is what's good about the question. I'm saying... Because eight is quite a lot. Yeah, I'm saying... <laughs> it's kind of good for two, and then you go, okay, no, I'm going to press you on the next six. All right. Definitely my ex-boyfriend, Richard, okay. uh, uh, who I went out for about eight years, and he's a lovely man, uh, who I okay. still love very much, uh, just not in that way. And so he'd definitely have to be there because he's excellent. Yeah. Um, if you were on a desert island with him and seven other Richards, would you have sex with them every now and again? Just You know, I might. Yeah, okay. For old time's sake. Yes, why not? Okay. Why not? Okay. Um, Richards, not the ha- I couldn't do the Hammond. I don't think no. I could do the Hammond. Um, Maidley, come on. Both those. Cra- oh, they just. Oh, the, the terrible rows as he. Oh, yeah. Got for the sport. We're halfway Maidley. through the Richards now. That is, this is why this is a great question. Cause Do you ask everybody this question? Now I've started doing and it's sort of like this every time. Ah. Oh. Oh, okay, God, Richard really. Hickox, who was the conductor of the. Uh, I can't remember which orchestra it was. There's a very early music uh, orchestra that he used to conduct, and he's a musical genius. It's not okay. quite obscure, but I, I, he's no, a obscure. beautiful. You've had your ex boyfriend on it, that was quite obscure. <laughs> oh, um, Richard Iowazi, of course. Yeah, beautiful nice. man. Uh, how many is that? Six. Six. Got two more. <laughs> 
And they've got to be considered. It's not just saying eight people you thought of whose name is Richard. Now these, I'm just thinking of any Richards. These have to be the ones I'm that actually you would thinking go with the Desert Island I'm thinking of, of that Richard that was on Fame Academy, because he's come into my head. Richard Parks, that really sort of austere Scottish guy. Uh, but I, Do you I, want him or not? No, because I don't no. really know him. He, no, he, might, yeah. he, might, he might be lovely, but he might be weird. Um, don't want to say Richard who would wreck this island of Richards. <laughs> Uh, Richard. Where are the Richards are they? No, don't get no clue. No clues. Richard no the clues. third, Richard the second, and Richard the first. That is nine Richards. All right. Richard. I'm not interested in Richard the first. Okay. He's the best one. Good. That is that question answered. Congratulations. Does it always take twenty minutes to answer? <laughs> Congratulations. Uh, I had something I was going to follow up on that, but it's it slipped my mind. Such a boring, boring. Have you ever seen a ghost? Yes. Oh, good. I, I, not a go- I hallucinated once, quite okay. recently, uh, in the Tibetan Autonomous Region, which is about 4,000 metres above sea level, and I got altitude sickness quite badly and needed a lot of oxygen. And um, I was playing with this eight-year-old kid down on one side of the valley and then took a drive, 20-minute drive up to the other side just to have a bit of time to myself and just sat on the mountainside and all these Tibetan flags were sort of blowing in the breeze. And I felt a little bit pinchy of chest and opened my eyes and the little girl was standing there and she just beckoned me over, like in the Matrix, and took my hand and walked me down to the village, walked through some doors, and uh, Chinese cartoons are playing on the television. Bearing in mind, this is a village which has ne- kids never get educated. There are no schools, there are, there's no transportation to schools, and they stay in that community and they work in the vineyards that were planted by the French missionaries in the 19th century. And I um, sat and watched Chinese cartoons and she made me something to eat. And then she popped the channel changer on my knee and said, in perfect English, you can change channel anytime you want. And I totally freaked out. <laughs> I screamed my way around the house. And that really frightened her. And then I, I was asked to leave by her mother in a sort of, you know, chattering, sort of frenetic Tibetan. But yeah, I absolutely tripped uh, on lack of oxygen. I, right. I sort of lost the plot and I had this sort of weird... So Creepy did she? Did you imagine she said that to you? Yeah, I imagined. I, yeah. I, I, I and, did and, she exist? The girl? She did exist because okay. she's on camera. You see her, but I, I, in my head, she stood following me. The really good ghosts can still be seen on camera. <laughs> what the really clever ones? Yeah. People feel. I don't know. I, but I've never seen a. You know. I've no. I've never seen a sort of. Ooh. You know. A kind of phantom. No. Nothing. Have you? No, of course you haven't. They don't exist. Total <laughs> <laughs> No, and I had oxygen deprivation yeah. leading to a slightly weird encounter. I'm going to try it was that. not supernatural. That is good. All right. Don't well, tell um, me you've never tried oxygen deprivation. I have. <laughs> you lie. You've tried all sorts. <laughs> I think wanking's good enough as it is already. That's what I don't get. I like it. Oh, I'm going to improve this. How? Why? Why bother? Why take the chance? It's already the best thing there is. I go, let's just push this a little further. Does, does your wife listen to this show? She knows. Come on. No, I've done, you know, I know myself. That's 40, 47 years. Yeah, it's true. Of, of constant wanking. No, no woman can cope with it. Isn't that a Katie Lang song? <laughs> It should be. Well, you know what? Is that the end of the book that you've written, which it's amounts to all the rubbish things I've done and questions about <laughs> what kind of penis I'd like? There's, lot, there's mainly penis <laughs> and listing. Lots of good things you've done, but there isn't time to get to all of them. <laughs> when, I'd like to see you being Doctor Who. There was talk that you would be Doctor Who. Well, or the Doctor oh. in Doctor Who. Listen, I love Doctor Who. I'm a massive fan, but there's, I don't think that... 
I don't think they'll ever countenance a female generation of Doctor Regeneration of Doctor Who. I don't. I'd love it if they did. The spoiler alert: the Master's become a woman, though, hasn't he? Mm, she. Yeah. Possibly, so that yeah. is a that. And that's brilliant. And if anyone could do it, it would be the combined genius of Gatiss and Moffat at Al. But um, oh, I'm I'm was chuffed to even to think that someone had got an online petition. It was to actually be in the ra- some of the radio recordings that they do. It wasn't to be on no, the, the television doctor. But yeah, I was very chuffed. But the best thing ever happened to me, which was um, my name was used in a Judge Dredd cartoon. And oh. that was literally one of the best <laughs> moments of my life. Because I am that sad. Yeah, they named a block after me in Judge Dredd. It was, it was re- I, I'm, it's tragic, isn't it? <laughs> it's all coming out now. Would you ever advertise Super King cigarettes? <laughs> Would I advertise them? Because yeah. I think you should. They don't even make them anymore. <laughs> they should remake <laughs> Super them. Super Kings. <laughs> I'm Super Kings and I like Super Kings. So should you. <laughs> They're quite unpleasant. Well, I'm watching people make brioche. I like to kick back. <laughs> no, of course I would. Yeah. It seems a totally socially responsible thing to do. Yeah, I'm in. good. <laughs> your face on the pack do you think if they put the faces of comedians on packs of cigarettes no, that might be a repulsive. way to stop children smoking <laughs> yeah <laughs> horrible yeah it would, they, they, that would be a massive deterrent if my face was on every packet of cigarettes just put camel written underneath do you, do you think <laughs> it's your parents yeah. realised what they were doing when they named you Super, Super King. Kings <laughs> no well my real name is obviously Susan which, um, you, you've got to think through. I'm having a child. I don't know if you know this. My yes. Wife, my wife. It's is a source impregnated. of great concern after this uh, last battle. And I've been thinking of you know. I've, you think of the funny names you could give them, and so you think through every thing. So if they red. just went, ah, oh, just yeah, red, red, and Leanne, um, and all sorts of things. Uh, so, <laughs> so they, your parents went. They looked and what? How can we make Perkins? That's going to be difficult to make funny. Yeah. Hey, so let's call her Susan. It's subtle. It'll take a long time. Yeah, and then someone will be smoking, and then go. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> and that was a slow you burner. Are that. Slow burner. Yeah. I or don't, super I don't kings. Know. I don't know if they, they had that in mind, but no. uh, yeah. I think your parents uh, too hated you. Awful people. <laughs> <laughs> I want another emergency question. Okay, I'll give you one more emergency All question, right. then we will call then it a day. Okay. Because uh, you know I've got like a proper. We don't have to up. have another emergency question. No, I want to. Right. Kind of people will people will want to know. I'm going to p- pick a really good one. <laughs> Are they different every week? <laughs> there's some. There's some that I do. You know, there's some that uh, that I I don't even remember even writing down. Like this one, has the moon ever spoken to you? I mean, it's <laughs> it's unlikely, but you know, fuck it, it's going to be a brilliant end to the yeah. show. I'm, I'm going to keep this very short. Yeah. No. Okay. No. I'm going to I'm going to keep that concise. What about this? What do you imagine the Victorians found so sexy about ankles? That is an emergency question I don't think I've asked anyone before. What do you, why do they found... What do you imagine it is? Have you Victorians? seen Queen Victoria? <laughs> just they wanted to get as far away from the face as possible. They just looked down. Oh, well, she's got a lovely turned calf and ankle. Yeah, I'd uh, say. And what, how many chemicals are there in a carrot? Seven. It's more, it's more than that. Twelve. I can't remember the answer. To <laughs> is it more or less than twelve? It's loads, about 41, I think. Mm-hmm. And what are they? <laughs> I'll ask you this. This is, we'll end on this. Would Would you rather have a hand made out of ham, <laughs> or an armpit that dispenses sun cream? People will want to know that before we go. So, right. so well, it's, 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 it's lots it's of much, things. You can nibble the ham and it'll grow back. I don't eat pig. 
It's not a pig, though. It's, it's your hand. Just tastes of ham and looks like ham and is like ham. But it's like. But you're saying it is ham, so it but is. It's not. It is. It's not made out of a pig, though. Is it? It's grown out of your hand. So but, it's not. but ham is pig. You can't it say is, it's human but ham. It's not. No pig has died for for that. Right. So I can either eat on something that I don't necessarily like yeah. in moments of hunger when, the, yeah. when presumably there's just normal food around that I can Alright, what, what food do you like? I, don't, I like all food other than a hand ham. Let's find out. <laughs> Let's find out what, um, so, what your fans uh, eat. Uh, hold on. Your, the favourite dish of your fans is chicken stir-fry. <laughs> Thai, Thai chicken stir-fry. Right, Would you rather good. have a hand made out of Thai chicken stir-fry? Yeah, but now we're talking. Or an, a, some, an arm of it that dispensed... Uh, That's only useful... I mean, let's... In, in these climbs, it's not very useful to have an arm pit that dispenses. Also, also, does it... Do you have to action it mentally or does it just leak sunscreen Oh, no, you time? get to choose when it so comes out. So you just do the chicken yeah, thing and yeah. it just <laughs> kind of... Yeah. But it's just going to go down your side. So you're going to have one perfectly sunscreen side <laughs> and the rest of it just burnt to a cinder. Cup it. Cup it there. Cup it. <laughs> Who wouldn't want to just be watching a film and to just nibble on <laughs> Thai chicken? Is it it's like a stir-fry? Yeah, chicken. Oh. Yeah. And it's a regenerative hand. It would re- if you ate it all, it would take a while to regenerate. But if you, How long? Um, like a month. But if you just nibbled it, it would grow back almost instantaneously. I still think that's more use than, than just, you know, hot, you know, leaking a bit of Factor 20 okay. from an armpit. Well. Not everyone agrees with you, Sue Perkins, on that. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, will you give a massive round of applause to my guest, Sue Perkins? You have been listening to Richard Herring's That's Square Theatre podcast with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Sue Perkins. The music is by Pest, thanks to Orange Mark at the British Comedy Guide, and everyone at the Leicester Square Theatre, and Chris Evans, not that one, and everyone at Go Fast and Strike. The producer was Dave Cribb. He's got ginger hair, and it is a Sky Potato Fuzz, and something else. Oh, Go Fast and Strike production for the internet. I hope you enjoyed it. There's not many left in the series now, so... You know, don't know what you want me to do about that. We'll make some more next year, probably. Uh, come and see me on tour, richtang.com slash gigs. Go to gofasterstripe.com slash badges and you can help fund the podcast by buying a badge, paying a pound a month or a bit more than a pound a month if you want, whatever you like. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed it. See you next time. Bye.